Hi, I'm Dr. Maria Nemeth. I'm a PhD psychologist, master certified coach, and the founder and director of the Academy for Coaching Excellence. This podcast is about you and your relationship with money. This podcast is called The Energy of Money because money is energy. There was a very well-known writer by the name of Joseph Campbell who said, money is really congealed energy. You can hold it in your hands and do things with it. Now, granted, that was a little way back when we actually paid for a lot of things with dollar bills and then our credit cards. And now money, in many ways, has become just like a blip on a computer screen. But nevertheless, it's a very potent, powerful energy. I have asked a very dear friend of mine, Kalika Gap, to join me today on this podcast. To say that she's a friend is really putting it mildly because she is helping me almost single-handedly, I'll know, although it's with her crew as well, she's helping me make this work of mine available to more and more people. And I'm so thrilled to have you here today, Kalika. And you and I are going to just have a conversation about people and their relationship with money and what's going on with this energy of money. We're close to the holiday seasons and how uh, difficult it is for some of us in our relationship with money over the holidays. I imagine you found that too. Hi, Maria. It's so nice to be here with you. Yes, a lot of my friends are worried about the skyrocketing gas prices. They're trying to figure out how they're going to be paying for gifts, going out. Again, you know, COVID has really uh, put a sledgehammer in the economy. And now people are just wondering what they're going to be doing. So I would love to be able to have the audience listen to you and maybe give them some hope about what money is and how they can overcome all their fears and anxiety around money, especially around the holidays. Oh, absolutely. The holidays are such a special time for us, isn't it? And one of the things that's almost synonymous with this form of a holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Diwali, is that to a certain extent, greater or lesser, there are gifts involved. And gifting often means that you have to spend some of the energy of money. Now, you're hearing me say often, Kalika, because there are so many ways to create meaningful Christmases without spending a lot of money. And I've been working with people about this for maybe, I know dates me, but for about 35 years. And one of the things I ask people just straight out It's a good kind of a coaching question. What kind of a Christmas or Kwanzaa or holiday do you want to be able to look back on six months from now? If six months from now, someone were to say to you, what did you do over the holidays? What would you say to them? What kind of memories would you bring up? Now you notice people don't say, for the most part, what did you get over the holidays? Except, of course, if you're a kid and it's always about, what did you get? I got a bike. I, I, I got even a bigger bike. Whatever. But 
for most of us, people don't say, what did you get for the holidays? It's, what did you do? Who are you with? Did you have fun? Was it a good time being with them? Especially now. Was it great to be able to see and maybe even hug someone you hadn't been able to hug for the longest time? So the first question to ask is, look, what kind of a memory do I want to have about the holidays? From there, you can go on and create the holiday you truly want. For example, there was this woman who didn't have a lot of money at all. And she decided to do something I thought was really ingenious. And I've been passing this on to people for years now. She said, I created a coupon book for my mom. I said, what do you mean by a coupon book? You know, my my mom lives with my dad now and she takes care of him. And she works so hard just for taking care of all of his needs. And we kids, I live an hour away from her and I visit her. And sometimes we go out for lunch. But I thought, what could I create that my mom would really love that she could look back on and say, you know what, this was a great time. And so I made these little coupons. One is for a for a 20-minute back rub, me giving her this back rub. Even better, she said, I gave her a, a 20-minute coupon for a foot rub. And she said, I remember the look on my mom's face as I was rubbing her feet with these oils. And (laughs) it was just so great. I'm remembering the gift I gave her. And doing the dishes at her home for a whole week. Just things that would take her mind off of her usual errands and chores every day. One of the coupons was for dinner and a movie. One was taking my mom for a picnic in the springtime. She had about 10 or 12 coupons, she said to me. And by the end of of this time, when her mom had used up all the coupons, both of them agreed that, number one, there was so much fun to be had because it had to do with the relationship, didn't it? Not so much the gift, but the giver and what we were sharing with each other. Number two, it lasted for a long time. And so it wasn't just something that, oh, great, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, you get a present. And please, I love to give and get gifts myself. But when I was hearing her talk to me, Kalika, it was just a a different frame of mind, a different mindset that she had about how to spend Christmas and what gifts were really all about. And of course, the third thing was that it didn't cost her very much money. So this works for adults, figuring out some things that they would love to be able to have or do and making a coupon book. Now for kids, there's a whole different psychology that you can use. I'm a PhD psychologist and I've worked with kids over the years and kids respond to lists. If you say to a child, make me a list of five or six things that you would love to have for Christmas, I guarantee I will get you one of them. 
I'll get you some other little presents, but I'll get you one of them. And you can do it now, and you can plan for it for next year. Start asking your kid in September, what is it that you'd love for Christmas? Number one, they start anticipating it. Number two, they give you the item that they would love, and it gives you a chance to save up for it. But even now, if they give you a list of five, and you pick from one of them, it doesn't have to be the most expensive, which is usually the first one. And then they'll drop down and price. You have kids. You know what that's like, Kalika, yes? And they then participate in their own choice of gifts. And they have a sense that you're really listening to them about what they really want. For me, that is the true spirit of the holidays. People are in relationship. They feel seen and heard. This brings to mind something that Maya Angelou was quoted on. She said, people will not remember what you did. People will not remember what you said. They will always remember how you made them feel. And so in these holidays, it's about the feelings we can create from one another, isn't it? Yeah, and hopefully they're all positive feelings. When we get together with family, it's also sometimes really challenging, but it's also a learning opportunity as well. So what you said was really poignant because you talked about the gift of time, the gift of connection, and a little bit of the gift of planning ahead to be able to make this holiday season a lot more satisfying. And Exactly. Because really... That's what we want to create, isn't it? Memories. And memories are based upon feeling. They really are. You think of a Christmas and you get a warm feeling in your heart. And then you start saying, all right, now, what is this feeling linked to? What can I remember about it? And sure enough, then the thoughts come up. But when it comes to being with people, especially in families, that it's uncomfortable to be with, the Uncle Ralph. Now, I hope there are no Ralphs out there who are listening to this who get irritated about what I'm going to say. But So you've got the Uncle Ralph who never shuts up, who's always monopolizing a conversation. You may have the Aunt Marianne who is very critical about things and maybe a perfectionist about how the Christmas table has to look or how certain foods have to be served. That's like people who you can find to be mildly irritating, right? Mildly irritating. For those people, what do I suggest? Number one, don't try to change them. Please don't try to change them. Don't make suggestions about how it would be easier if they said something else or thought something else or because it's like putting your, it's like, it's actually like poking a beehive when someone is quote set in their ways and we try to argue them out of their position. And boy, Kalika, there's so much we can argue with people about right now, isn't there? People who are vaccinating, people who refuse to vaccinate, people who wear masks, people who refuse to wear masks, and everyone is set in their decision. So the worst thing, really, the, the most 
you'll get a lot of bee stings if you try to argue with people about why they should do what you're doing. And no matter how many statistics you raise, people have access to all kinds of data for everything, Kalika. And so it just makes matters worse. So the question becomes, can I stand back a little bit and just for a moment see this person as someone who has very strong beliefs, possibly some of them based in fear, and even for a moment have a little bit of compassion. Compassion for what? Compassion for the fact that this person really is suffering. This person really is going through a difficult time. And just to have a moment of compassion where you can just take a deep breath and find one thing, just one thing about that person that you can appreciate. Now, I know for some of us that's a tall order, but I've coached people in having this challenge around Christmas, a personal challenge in which you're going to go to Christmas dinner and you know this person is going to be there. So your challenge is to find one thing that you can appreciate about them. That's the first part of the challenge. The second part, and this is like for extra credit, (laughs) is to let them know that one thing you appreciate about them. Whatever it is, Aunt Jane, you set the best table ever. Or Uncle Jim, I really appreciate how you take care of, find something that they do that is, can be appreciated and say it. And And that's also such a great gift as well. We were talking a little bit about gifts, the gift of acknowledgement, which they will probably remember it. They may not seem like they're going to take in the compliment, (laughs) but maybe later on it'll, this compliment may radiate in their heart and soften it a little bit. And again, bring them really beautiful memories. And we're talking about memories of, about the gifts. We, We don't talk about the gifts. We talk about the memories that are made during this time. Exactly. And for the people who are very difficult for you to be around, if there's any way that you can excuse yourself from being around them, it's a good idea. Don't put you or them through the unnecessary torture of being together because as angry or irritated as you are with them, they possibly feel the same way about you. And so that goes back to the Maya Angelou quote, doesn't it? That people really don't remember what you do. They don't remember what you said, but they do remember how you made them feel. So I hope we're not going too far afield in talking about feelings like this, but it's so important to give people a larger context through which to see the holidays, isn't it? Yes. We started talking about the stress that people get about giving gifts. And then we went into, because we're going to see family members and colleagues and, and people that we don't usually see often. And I think, thank you so much for all your advice. You are a clinical psychologist. So I think everyone's going to really love and take that to heart this holiday oh, thank season. You. Thank you. Thank you very much.
the next thing when we get together that I'd like to touch upon is how to avoid having a spending hangover on January 6th when you wake up and those big receipts are going to be coming from your credit card bill and you're just going to see everything that you spent. Wouldn't it be great to wake up without that sense of dread, without the worry and the doubt that, you know, I'm going to go into the hole, as I've heard so many people say over the years. I can just, I just know that come January, I'm not going to feel so good because I spent a lot of money. There's the things that you can do. I heard me talk about the, the coupon before earlier in this show, but there are other things you can do and we can talk about those next time. Sounds good. Thanks, Dr. Nemeth. Absolutely. Thank you for being here with me. And I love having these conversations with you. Thanks a lot. And I look forward to being with you next time.